Section 21 of Four American Indians by Edson L. Whitney and Francis M. Perry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12 of the Story of Tecumseh. Chapter 12 Tecumseh and the British. Greatly as Tecumseh wished the Indians to remain at peace with the citizens of the United States, he saw that it was impossible for them to do so unless they were willing to give up their lands. The British, meanwhile, promised to regain for the Indians all the land north of the Ohio River and east of the Allegheny Mountains. They roused in the heart of Tecumseh the hope that the old boundaries between the territory of the Indians and the territory of the white man would be re-established. When war broke out in 1812, between Great Britain and the United States, Tecumseh joined the British at Malden. In making this alliance, he was not influenced by any kindly feeling toward the British. He simply did what seemed to him for the best interests of the Indians. At the outset, fortune favored the British flag. Fort Mackinac in northern Michigan fell into the hands of a force of British and Indians. Detroit was surrendered to General Brock without resistance. Fort Dearborn at Chicago was burned, and its garrison was massacred by the Indians. The English seemed in a fair way to fulfill their promise of driving the American settlers from the Northwest. Fort Harrison and Fort Wayne were the only strongholds of importance left to guard the frontier. These forts Tecumseh planned to take by stratagem. The victories of the British won to their side the tribes that had hesitated, and hundreds of warriors flocked to the standard of Tecumseh. He became an important and conspicuous figure in the war. His bravery, his knowledge of the country, and his large following made it possible for him to give his allies invaluable aid. Without Tecumseh and his Indians, the British war in the West would have been a slight affair. The Americans fitted out a large military force to retake Detroit, and overthrow the Indians who threatened the settlements. General Harrison was put in command of the expedition. He set out with his army in grand array, but was unable to reach Detroit because of the swampy condition of the land over which he must march. He was forced to camp on the Maumee River. His advance into the territory of the Indians thwarted the enterprise that Tecumseh had set on foot against Fort Wayne. While Harrison was encamped at Fort Meigs, there were several encounters between the hostile forces. A division of Harrison's army under General Winchester, having allowed itself to become separated from the main army, was attacked on the River Raisin by a party of British and Indians. After a fierce struggle, the remnant of General Winchester's force surrendered to the British. In the absence of Tecumseh, many of the prisoners were cruelly massacred by the Indian victors. Major Richardson's description of General Winchester's men gives us a good idea of the hardihood of the frontier soldiers, and shows us how they came to be called long knives by the Indians. It was the depth of winter, but scarcely an individual was in possession of a great coat or cloak, and few of them wore garments of wool of any description. They still retained their summer dress, consisting of cotton stuff of various colors shaped into frocks, and descending to the knee. Their trousers were of the same material. They were covered with slouched hats, worn bare by constant use beneath which their long hair fell matted and uncombed over their cheeks, and these, together with the dirty blankets wrapped round their loins to protect them against the inclemency of the season, 
and fastened by broad leathern belts into which were thrust axes and knives of an enormous length gave them an air of wildness and savageness later general proctor who had succeeded general brock in command of the british forces at detroit laid siege to fort meigs tecumseh who took part in the siege was anxious to meet the enemy in an open country he sent the following unceremonious challenge to his old acquaintance general harrison i have with me eight hundred braves you have an equal number in your hiding place come out with them and give me battle you talked like a brave when we met at vincennes and i respected you but now you hide behind logs and in the earth like a groundhog give me answer tecumseh when harrison did venture to send out a detachment it was beaten by the indians and many of the americans were made prisoners for all the effort general proctor made to prevent it a terrible massacre might have followed this victory just as the indians had begun to murder the prisoners tecumseh rode upon the scene of slaughter when he saw what was going on he exclaimed in a passion of regret and indignation oh what will become of my indians he rushed into the midst of the savages rescued the man they were beginning to torture and with uplifted tomahawk dared the whole horde to touch another prisoner they cowered before him deeply ashamed of their conduct on discovering that general proctor was present tecumseh demanded impatiently why he had not interfered to prevent the massacre general proctor answered that tecumseh's indians could not be controlled to this tecumseh responded with scorn say rather you are unable to command go put on petticoats in september eighteen thirteen commodore perry's splendid victories on lake erie gave to the americans control of the lakes and this made it impossible for the british to hold detroit and malden harrison was advancing with a land force to take these towns and general proctor was eager to get out of his way he began to prepare for retreat but tried to conceal his purpose from tecumseh the latter's suspicions were aroused however and he demanded a council in which he made his last formal speech he spoke boldly and bitterly against general proctor's course he said you always told us you would never draw your foot off british ground but now father we see that you are drawing back and we are sorry to see our father doing so without seeing the enemy we must compare our father's conduct to a fat dog that carries its tail on its back but when affrighted it drops it between its legs and runs off father listen the americans have not yet defeated us by land neither are we sure they have done so by water we therefore wish to remain here and fight our enemy should they make their appearance if they defeat us we will retreat with our father we now see our british father preparing to march out of his stronghold father you have the arms and ammunition which our great father sent to his red children if you have an idea of going away give them to us and you may go and welcome for us our lives are in the hands of the great spirit we are determined to defend our lands, and if it be his will, we wish to leave our bones upon them. Notwithstanding the wish of Tecumseh, General Proctor kept his purpose to retreat. He promised, however, that if they were pursued by the Indians, he would turn at the first favorable sight and give them battle. Accordingly, Tecumseh accompanied the retreating general. 
He repeatedly urged Proctor to keep his promise and face the enemy. On the 5th of October, Proctor learned that the American forces were at his heels. Valor, therefore, seemed the better part of discretion, and choosing a ridge between the Thames River and a swamp, he arranged his forces for battle. Colonel Richard M. Johnson managed the charge of the Indians. One division of his regiment, under the command of his brother, attacked and quickly routed the British regulars under General Proctor. The other division he himself led against Tecumseh's Indians. The Indians waited under protection of the thick brush until the horsemen were within close range. Then, in response to Tecumseh's war cry, all fired. Johnson's advance guard was nearly cut down. The horses could not advance. Johnson ordered his men to dismount, and a terrible struggle followed. Soon Tecumseh was shot, and the Indians, missing him, gave up the battle and fled. One of them afterwards described the defeat in a few words. Tecumseh fell, and we all ran. The war was now ended in the northwest. The Americans had regained the posts taken by the British. They had subdued the Indians and gained possession of the lands in the Wabash Valley. The power of the prophet was destroyed. Tecumseh was dead. The Long Knives had crushed forever the Confederacy of Tecumseh, but it had taken upward of five million dollars and an army of twenty thousand men to do it. End of section 21 and end of the story of Tecumseh.